Good afternoon. Welcome in to State of the Tigers presented by James Carlton State Farm Insurance. There you see the internet address, carltoninsurance.net. This is our weekly show about Mizzou football. I am Gabe DeArmond, publisher of powermizzou.com, presented as we are every single week by James Carlton. If you want to get in touch with James, either carltoninsurance.net, you can give him a call at 314-961-4800. If you're joining us live on YouTube, appreciate it. It's a different time today, uh, moving things up because Mizzou basketball opens this season tonight. But if you are watching us live on YouTube, James's information is going to be scrolling across the bottom of the screen for most of the show, so you can find it there. If not, we'll remind you again, carltoninsurance.net. 314-961-4800 to get the best deal on insurance and to talk to James about how you might be able to help out Mizzou's name, image, and likeness efforts as well if you get a quote from him. So want to make sure you do that, pay some bills, bring in Gerard Hamilton to talk a little bit of Mizzou football. We, uh, Gerard, if your Sunday was anything like mine, you got back, you turned on NFL football, and you immediately like just – slept for a long time <laughs> immediately that that'd be not nice. immediately I, but eventually I, I uh eventually yeah uh, i got some good z's in um did a little bit of work when i got home so it was a long day but i appreciate the hour being pushed back i appreciate going back to central time it made me feel a little bit better and the chiefs won early in the day they were I'm not gonna lie to you gabe i was a little pissed off in the airport <laughs> But I was cool. I was cool. The the airport is the wrong place to make a scene. Uh, I want to welcome in Jason and all the rest of you guys who are watching live. If you do have questions, comments about Mizzou, coming off the Georgia game, going into the Tennessee game, um, whatever it is, please uh, make sure to add them to it. To the queue, we'll get to them. I appreciate you guys reminding me to remind everybody to like and subscribe, do all the good things that YouTube people ask you to do. Uh, helps us out. We've seen a lot of uh, improved engagement and interaction this season. I'm sure it's all because of our sterling personalities and absolutely nothing to do with the fact that Missouri is 7-2 and two on the season. And just, um, look, I don't know if Missouri had a lot to prove to people before Saturday or not, but if there was anybody left that they needed to prove something to, I think Missouri did that on Saturday. I mean, they didn't win the game, but that was a team that belonged on the field with Georgia. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we talked about how Georgia, like when they played Georgia last year, so week five games, so early in the season, Georgia could have, you know, people say they slept well. Georgia's been awake for quite a bit now. We talked about the tear they were going on in the three games previous, how they were outscoring their opponents. So this game was – it was pretty close, you know, to midway in the fourth quarter. Even when Georgia had an 11-point lead, Cody Schrader kind of helped them get back in the game and it narrowed to three and even when it was six. So until that first interception, it was a pretty close game. And, and even after that first interception, Georgia, because of the penalty, took over at the 30. Missouri had a chance to get a stop. Didn't manage to get it done, but, you know, was in the game until four minutes left. And then it was kind of desperation mode. Uh, John points out very encouraged on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I thought that was the second straight year where I think Missouri's defensive line was better than Georgia's offensive line. And I don't know if Missouri's offensive line was better than Georgia's defensive line, but but it was it might have been. I mean, I mean, it was right there with them. Yeah, they they, they kept up. I put out the PFF grades earlier this morning, and 
didn't necessarily agree with them. Um, they said the pass blocking grade was sub 48, and I was thinking, yeah, they gave up three sacks, and they had like three false starts, but I don't – Brady Cook had enough time to throw 19 passes that were, you know, 10 or more yards. So he had chances in the pocket to throw. I don't remember too many times him – rolling out all the way to the sideline and having to throw something up. I mean, besides that last interception, you know, that's the one that comes to mind. But he had chances to throw in the pocket. I thought they did all right. And then the run game, obviously, Cody Schrader getting over 100. Yeah, and, and here's the one thing, and I think we're all guilty of this. I think you and I are. I think everybody, I think fans are. When we're grading this game, when we're talking about this game, like, we have to take into account who they play. You know, I mean – yeah, maybe maybe there were some times Brady was running for his life. Maybe there were some negative plays. Maybe there were some open receivers. They're playing the best team in the country. It's going to happen. You know, I mean, I, I, I just I think we make the mistake too often of looking only at the team we cover or we follow or whatever and just say, okay, well, this is what they're trying to do. And if they didn't do it, it's because they messed up or something they did. Maybe it's because Georgia's really good too. Maybe maybe that had a little something to do. Oh, of course. And I don't think no one's discrediting Georgia or nothing like that. Um, I just don't think people are giving it enough credence. I think people are saying, well, Brady Brady didn't have a good game. Well, maybe the other guy, like, yeah. maybe the receivers weren't open because the guys covering them were good. Maybe Brady threw an interception because the defensive tackle who the design of the play is for him to follow Brady did his job and stayed at home. Yeah, um, I think I, I told you this one was uh, – Riding back in the lift back to the hotel on that play that, that was intended for Norfleet. Norfleet briefly runs into Stackhouse right before. So I think that could be a tipping point as to the guy right behind me that maybe I also see the offensive line breaking away from me. So screen and it just happened that Brady threw it right to him. But yeah, Georgia, obviously, they've got some great players, even though this is a, a down year. That's air quotes for people on the podcast. So, I mean, a lot of credit goes to, to them for sure. Yeah, um, and, and I want to give you guys a heads up. This is probably going to be a little bit quicker show, and we're going to try to cram in kind of recapping Georgia, looking ahead to the, the college football playoff rankings and maybe talking some Tennessee because the show we do on Thursday, that's going to be me and Drew King this week. We're going to talk the first week of Missouri basketball. We're going to uh, preview the Memphis game on Friday night. So rather than do a show like every day this week and cram a whole bunch of things in, we're, we're trying to combine two football shows into a quick one. So we're going to zip through some of your questions and, and kind of go through uh, a few things. Jason says Mizzou made two mistakes in a game. They couldn't make one. I, I think they made more mistakes than that, but I think Georgia made some mistakes too. I, what really, what stuck with me out of that game, Rob, I thought going in Missouri was going to have to play almost perfectly to have a chance to win. I thought it was actually encouraging that, they had a chance to win, and they didn't play almost perfectly. They they made their share of mistakes, and they were still in the fight. Yeah, and which should so for the, all the the Debbie Downers and the ones that are like the season's over, it's it's done. <laughs> now you, there's a lot to be encouraged about. Um, yeah, they didn't. It wasn't the greatest game. It was a different game. We we talked about it a few times already. Just how many times Brady Cook threw the ball down the field, throwing a lot of passes to the sideline or jump ball, stuff that we don't see. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just against this secondary that we've talked about and this defense, you know, nothing's going to come easy. So it's just a little different. 
Best thing I saw, I think, for the future, especially because Tennessee's the next team on schedule, Georgia had maybe two long run plays outside of yeah. one Carson Beck screen. Yeah. Like, Georgia did not run the ball on Missouri. Inside, outside, didn't really matter. They averaged 3.9 yards a carry. Um, if you can hold up like that, I think you got a great shot to go 3-0 the rest of the way. That's true. They they held Georgia. I will say Georgia entered that game, I think, 46 in rushing when they faced Tennessee. They're third in the nation. They've got a great uh, uh, trio of running backs in the backfield. So it's going to be a little different. But, yes, if you can stop Georgia, and I talked about this earlier, I think in my three things or something like that, when you can stop a team's run game, and you can make them one-dimensional, and you can kind of take out play action. I mean, you're you're in there. You got you can do a lot of what you want to do. So that's got to be the thing this week: stopping the run. Yeah, Missouri held Georgia significantly below ten points below its season average, below its season average total yardage. Um, and, and the thing is, if you stop Georgia's run game, they're still really good at throwing the ball. I'm not sure Tennessee is. Tennessee right. has to run the ball to win. So tomorrow night, the college football playoff rankings are going to come out. Missouri went from 14 to 15 in the coaches poll, 14 to 16 in the AP. They were 12 in the playoff rankings. I ran it yesterday. I would have them 12 tomorrow. I don't know that they will be 12. You think You think there's a little drop coming maybe? A mm, couple spots maybe. I Now I haven't looked at – I got to look at the uh, the list again of last week and kind of see who won, who lost. So I'm not acting like I know off the top of my head. But maybe maybe a couple of spots. I do know it wasn't a week where the teams around them had great weeks. I do know LSU lost. Um, I feel like Ole Miss, Ole Miss snuck out a win versus a and I believe it was. You, who did you say? Notre Dame lost to Clemson. So Oklahoma lost. Yeah. So and I want to say – does Missouri probably have the best loss? I can't remember the scores of those other ones, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Missouri should be the top two loss team in the country, and what that means is Oklahoma, which was nine last week, I think should drop below Missouri. Oklahoma's two losses are Kansas and Oklahoma State. They are not terrible losses, right? But they are worse than Georgia and LSU, and Oklahoma's best win is Texas, which is better than any win Missouri has. Um, you know, Missouri's best win is either K-State or Kentucky. I think Kentucky will be in the CFP ranking somewhere in the, you know, between 20 and 25 this week. But Missouri's got better losses, and they were competitive. They were close losses. So, to me, I think Missouri should be the top two-loss team in the country. It doesn't really matter um, at this point in time. I mean, there's three more weeks to go. But you like the number by your name to, to be as high as it can. All right. And, again, I think that – uh, we got away from STP for like a few weeks, I feel like, but it always finds a way to come back up. The number, whether they tell us or not, it does mean just a little bit of something, whether it's a confidence boost to be higher than maybe you've ever been like they were last week or a little bit lower than maybe you expect saying, you know, I'm better than this team and kind of saying what you said about the losses and who you lost to versus who you beat. And the other thing, the other reason I think Missouri might drop a spot is I think Tennessee will actually jump them. They did in both polls. And that's where, like, we're not talking about who's playing the best right now. We're talking about the best season. Tennessee's loss to Florida is worse than anything Missouri's done. And Tennessee's best win is not any better than Missouri's best win. So if you look at the whole season, I think Missouri should be the higher-ranked team in this game, but I don't think they will. 
I agree. I was just looking at uh, Tennessee's schedule. See, okay, I got to pull it up already. So I mean, they beat Kentucky. Got, they beat South Carolina. They beat A and M. Yeah, but there's no one on. They haven't. They won a well, bunch of bad non-conference games. Yeah, their their only ranked game of the season was versus Alabama when they were 11th. That was on the road. They lost by 14. They obviously lost to uh, Florida by 13. Um, they haven't really played no one. This is good. So what do you think about this? For the second week in a row, guess in a way, Missouri is going to be their opponent's best game of the season. How do you think that kind of affects the other team yeah. you know, when they've got to come to play? Well, I mean, Tennessee played Bama. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, well, yeah. No, I, but it's, it's yeah, up I'm, there. It, no, it's up yeah. there. I think these two teams are very similar. I think they're very close, um, and it's reflected in the line, right? I've seen Missouri by a point and a half. I've seen Tennessee by two. I've seen things in between. It's basically a coin flip where they're just saying, bet on the team you think is going to win the game because, I mean, if you if you bet on a team to cover a one-and-a-half point spread, you get a lot bigger balls than I do. Yeah, well, what would you put this put the line at? I'd say two. I mean, there. I, yeah, I put it around to pick them, Missouri by a point because they're at home. Oh, okay. I, yeah, Missouri by a little, maybe because they're at home. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair. I think they're very similar teams. Um, you know, uh, got a uh, APO says Tennessee can still win the East if Georgia loses to Ole Miss. I think this week's going to be our our biggest fight. So yes, Tennessee mathematically can still win the East. They would have to beat Missouri. Ole Miss would have to lose to Georgia, and then Tennessee would have to beat Georgia. The fact is, I don't think all three of those things are happening. If Georgia beats Ole Miss, the SEC title game is set. It's Georgia versus Alabama. Um, but I think – we talked about this a little bit on Saturday. I think the game against Tennessee is actually more important to Missouri's season than the game against Georgia is. Yeah, because no one, no one expected – even even in the right. lead up, no one expected a Georgia win. But around the who did they play before Kentucky after the LSU game, yeah, yeah. it was the LSU game. I'd say That's right people, started, people started saying, "Hey, they can, they can win that Tennessee game." Yeah, especially after Tennessee had already lost to Florida, and now we got to this point where the Georgia game is in the rearview mirror, and you kind of can reflect and see. And to the point, Georgia made some plays; they're champs for a reason. But also, you can kind of say, "Well." You know, like we said, Missouri didn't play that great at, at times, and they were still hanging in there. So there's a much more of a case for them than being, beating Tennessee and, this week. And if you beat Tennessee, like, look, we understand Florida and Arkansas, uh, Missouri should win, but things can happen, right? You, but mm -hmm. theoretically, beating Tennessee could be the difference between ten and two and solo second in the East, and nine and three and probably third in the East. And that's a difference. It could be the difference between. Maybe sneaking into the Peach Bowl, but at worst the Citrus Bowl against more like the Gator Bowl, that a uh, 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 run blow. like this is a separator game uh, in terms of your season. And ten wins doesn't happen around here very much. I think it's six or seven times in school history. So you can win ten in the regular season. I, I mean that's that's one that goes down in the in the history books, I presume. Right and. I feel like when we talk about this, every time we talk about it, I, I just forget and get confused. I'm trying to think. So you just say uh, the Peach Bowl. Um, that's not a – The, the Peach Bowl and the Cotton Bowl are part of the New Year's Six. So if, if you're in the top 11, Missouri would probably play in the Peach or the Cotton. If they are not in that top 11, then the Citrus Bowl gets the first choice of SEC teams not in that. 
for the Peach Bowl. No, I was thinking it was I thought the I don't know why I was thinking that was a semifinal. I think it's sugar and sugar, sugar and rose are the semifinal. There we go. That's what I always get. Sugar so, and rose are so Missouri semifinal. cannot go to the sugar bowl where normally right. an SEC team would go, but but they will not this year. So right. um I want Missouri to be in the sugar bowl sometime. I've never had a chance to cover that one. That seems like it'd be a good one to go to. Yeah, I haven't been to New Orleans yet. Um, I, I've already told you that if they if they do want to go nine and three and they want to go to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, so I can go visit my mom, family in Charlotte for a little bit, no problem, no problem. But yeah, the I I, I have a feeling that the fan base would be uh, heavily disappointed in a Duke's Mayo Bowl appearance at this point in time. It would be disappointing for them, but Gabe, yeah, what about us? What about us? You know what I mean? Hey, man, I'll watch every single one of them from Columbia, Missouri, so I'm good. Hey, I hear you. <laughs> um, so, um, all right, I, I want to run through uh, run through some of the questions, and then uh, then we'll figure out how, how we finish this up. Uh, Carpe Donnelly, Donnelly says, is it fair? The primary goal after winning out the rest of the season is to maximize the recruiting efforts ahead of signing day. Yeah, after winning out the rest of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's always this time of year it's, Win as many games as you can, and then turn that into something on December twentieth when when they can sign. And we're yeah. starting to hear some, you know, there's the commitment from Arkansas that's looking. There's a kid committed to Auburn that's looking. There's a kid committed to Vanderbilt that got an offer today. Kid committed to Kentucky, I think they offered recently. So they're kind of entering that part of the year where they're going to try to leverage this season into recruiting results. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay, Scott A says first time posting. That's that's the version of it. That's like the talk radio. First time, long time. Appreciate it, Scott. Uh, can uh, can you address if you think there's enough evidence that Drink is building a program to have good teams and quality depth versus not just? I assume that's supposed to be one year wonders, not ten year wonders, because I think everybody would take a ten year wonder. I mean. Look, we're not ultimately going to know for a couple years, right? Because they'll lose some guys off this team, and we'll see who replaces them. But I, he's he's earned the right to to find out. Yeah, I, I think so. And also, um, we've got to, like you said, we've got to see that new class, the new classes that come in, um, and see what they can do. Like, I'm interested in what happens with the defensive line. I know they got some young pieces already on the team, but when you have a season like this. You know, some of those, you know, you get a handful of four stars a year, maybe a five star if you're, you know, if it's a really great year, you get a little bit more four stars. You can kind of up the level of the recruits you get. And so I would like to see what happens when he when he gets those pieces, you know, some of the other teams get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hunchback of Vaughn Castle asked if this is better than the 07 Missouri team. Look, I've got a hard time going there. That team had a lot of NFL players on it. man, And. They were number one in the country. And I understand part of that was because there was a lot of chaos and, and all that. But that was that was the gold standard for Missouri seasons in my lifetime. This one's not quite going to get there. Um, but, you know, there's, there's I guess, now hope that sometime in, in the next few years, uh, maybe you could be. Uh, let's see. Brian Crane likes his his glasses half full and his victories moral. Um, look, I get what you're saying. And, and I want to stress, like, Missouri lost the game, and they went there thinking they could win the game and attempting mm-hmm. to win the game. So that part of it, it's a loss. You not win in the East, all that. So it's kind of like Dennis Gates said all last year, right? Like, look, we didn't make the national title game, so we fell short of what we wanted to do. 
Yes, but also you're a lot better than a lot of us expected you to be. So it's, it's okay to say you had a good year and put on a good showing without winning on Saturday, I think. I think uh, last week's loss is like – if they win out, especially if they win out, or even if they win just nine games, this section of time where everybody's like slightly disappointed is just going to last really for this section of time. Because, again, a lot of people are thinking six and six, and even the guys who are, I guess – kind of going on a leap of faith for thinking maybe eight and four. So this is a really good year. Yeah. Um, Atheos says that the Cotton Bowl is a dump. I hope they've updated. I got news for you, Atheos. They play it in Jerry World. In yeah, I was about to say. 2013. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to it say. I thought, a, they play, I thought they was playing in the in the big the, the real one, the real stadium. Yeah, they do. It was very, very nice last time I went there. Um, Freeway Jared says, I was in Knoxville last year for the game. This is by far the least likable fan base in the league. That's my analysis. Um. I will say this, Jared, you will get no disagreement from anybody else in the SEC. If you ask any school in the SEC outside of Tennessee, which fan base do you like the least? They will all say Tennessee. Like Ole Miss might say Mississippi State. Auburn might say Alabama. But other than that, they're all saying Tennessee. Gerard, you lived in Tennessee. Any thoughts? When I lived, well, I lived in West Tennessee, so I – Okay. It was kind of far off, and I was in high school, so I didn't, I didn't really see it the same. I wasn't really connected to it, but I do have this feeling that they take that, they take their, uh, their athletics over there super, super serious. But I haven't like personally interacted. That's just kind of like from what I've seen from far. Yeah. Um, Matt Johnson's asking if Missouri fans travel well enough to look good for bowl selections. It's it's less of a political process than it used to be, especially like the access bowls, the playoff bowls. It's just by the committee rankings. If you're in the top 11, you're in one of those. Um, the Citrus Bowl takes the next best team. Now, I guess the Citrus Bowl could theoretically take like nine and three LSU over 10 and two Missouri, but it's pretty rare. The SEC is pretty good at making sure that the teams kind of get what they, what they want, not necessarily what they deserve. And like, this is interesting to me. So, like, last year, Missouri chose the Gasparilla Bowl. Like, that was their choice. I'm not sure if they would have gotten something better or not, but they wanted that. So, here's a question for you, and I wrote a little bit about this this morning, Gerard. Let's say you're sitting 10-2 um, or even 9-3. and three. You don't get in the, in the access bowls. Ole Miss or LSU goes to the Citrus Bowl. So, if you're Missouri – and you have a choice between like the Outback and the Gator Bowl or something closer to home in like the Music City Bowl. To me, it's a no-brainer. I want the bigger bowls in Florida. I'm not trying to pass those up to be 800 miles closer to home so more people can go to a worse bowl. I actually thought you were going to say the the Music City. Uh... No, 100%. I would take the Outback or the Gator Bowl. They're better bowl games. No, no. I would. I, that's no as a, me, I love to go to Florida. When I was in Florida last year, I was like, I see why people live here <laughs> all, you know, all 12 months. I get it. Um, that makes sense. But in a way, I can kind of see having everybody go to, you know, being drivable. And that's not like going to the Liberty Bowl or something like they're playing in, was it Nissan? Or I forgot what they changed. They, yeah, I think they, they would probably play in Nissan, I guess. Yeah. If they're playing in there, it's a good stadium. It's a good city. I, I would like Florida, but I don't know how that worked. But mm, toss up. 
I, I do think you take the better game against the better team because there's a chance, by the way, if you're in the Citrus Bowl that you get Penn State. Um, oh, yeah. That would be ideal. That'd be ideal. Ooh. That'd be great. Now, there's also a pretty good chance if you're in the Outback Bowl that you're getting somebody from the Big Ten West. Oh, talk about ugly game. And you, you're talking Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Oh, man, I think McMurphy had uh, – I forgot what the bowl, but it was versus – I was like spread minus 13. I, that's a spread. I would take minus 13 Missouri in that. Well, because you know Iowa's not scoring 10. They have a they have a good defense though, but yeah, that well, they do have a good defense. But the yeah. thing is, if you can't score, that means your defense is on the field all day. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Rich Ramsey wants to know when we get an update on injuries. I mean, we'll talk to Drink tomorrow. He'll tell us. I don't know whatever. He, I the only injury of note I think was Luther, and he played right. Yeah. Also, I I forgot about this. So I don't know if this was the first week. Was the first week I noticed. Peanut Houston wasn't on the injury report. Now, obviously, he didn't play, but he's the only person, like, every time the report comes out, he's been on it. Um, Chad Bailey, uh, that's the only one that, I don't know if it's a week-to-week thing or how this is going to work, but we officially get reports Thursday, Thursday night, probably around when Thursday night football happens, usually around that time. Like, I don't think anybody else left the game injured, did they? Not that I remember, no. Yeah, and Luther, look, to me at this point, the ankle just kind of seems like something that it's kind of there all year. He tweaks it. he got to come out, tape it up, come back, but he comes back and plays. Right. I've seen him one time a few weeks ago during practice. He had it taped up. It's off to the side practicing, but, again, he played through the rest of it. It's never seemed like something too big. That wasn't why he was kind of shut out the rest of the game. It because George was – double teaming him the rest of the way so right i i agree i didn't think the injury did it i thought i thought that was a hey georgia decided that guy ain't beating us yep after he did beat you by the way on on the the uh, opening possession for the 40-yard touchdown pass or whatever so um you know i know you probably haven't dove too deep into tennessee but to me this game's pretty simple man don't let them get out in front of you and don't let them run wild like, you can't be giving up 250 rushing yards, which is about what they average. Yeah, well, uh, you're being a little bit too generous. 227. <laughs> my yeah, bad. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Oh, it, but... They must have had an off week because at one point it was like 253. Oh, yeah. No, they're, 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 they're beasts. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding with you. But, yeah, great trio of running backs. Um, I was just looking at Joe Milton's stats, and we kind of say, you know, the pass game isn't there, the 58th in the country. But his stats, that line looks good. He's – it's got 2016 yards, 15 touchdowns, just four interceptions. And he also has five rushing touchdowns, which is second on the team. Um, he he can do some things. I like Jalen. What's his oh, name? Jalen Wright. Uh, he, oh. Yeah, he's was third in the SEC with 800 something yards. He's got 19 receptions for over 100 yards. So he's a good dual threat back. I mean, they've got some guys in their defense. They've got somebody. What's his name? Um, I check my notes real quick. Got somebody, James Pierce, seven sacks, 10 tackles for loss to lead the team. So top 25 defense, don't let them get to Brady. If Brady, if they, if they get pressure on Brady, be some, that could be some bad work, and then they can control the clock um, the whole way with the run game. I would say this, though. I don't feel like this is a Tennessee team that can come in here and, and hang 60 points. 
themselves like they've done the last. Yeah, game. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not with that. Especially when your game is more predicated on the ground game, you're not even gonna have the time. Unless Missouri's defense is just terrible, I don't think they'll do a sixty or whatever again. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Mizzou, Tennessee, two thirty, CBS. Um, the Florida game, six thirty, ESPN. So. Last four weeks of the season, CBS, CBS, ESPN, Primetime, and CBS. Uh, guess what? When you're good, people want your games on their television channel. Yeah, and I was thinking on the plane ride yesterday, like, oh, man, they they might not have Florida on the uh, – because that's the last thing. I've I seen that uh, the, the message about them playing at 2.30 right as we was about to take off. So I was like, great. They're definitely not going to have Florida late, but – you know the SEC don't like me, so that that's cool. Well, that's that's also the week where a lot of SEC teams play like the Citadel. I think the Citadel plays six different SEC teams that weekend, so uh, <laughs> you know. So, okay. so there's got to be some games on TV. Oh, okay, I didn't know it was like a bad SEC week or whatever. Yeah, it's one of those. Everybody takes their week off, I think, to play uh, play bad teams. Um, okay, so. Uh, um, John is asking if we do a live show for recruiting news. Um, we like, we don't do one weekly. We do them from time to time. Every now and then we'll bring in Sean Williams or Drew King. We'll talk some recruiting, do that. Um, or, and as we get closer to signing day and the end of the season, some of our shows will become a little more geared toward recruiting, but, uh, most of that's on the site and on the message board and we'll big news. We do obviously, um, when, when things happen, um, so, yeah, but like I said, guys, we're, we're trying to kind of cram this one in and, and make sure we get you a show on Monday. Um, I don't know, Gerard, anything anything you feel like we didn't hit, like any big questions we got for drink tomorrow or anything? Um, just, I mean, basic things like reflecting on last year's game. What do they think the areas they've improved on to kind of make sure things like that have happened? What do they think the things Tennessee has changed to uh, either – not score 60, but still be able to get a lot of points how, how they're doing. Um, and I guess we'll, just what maybe, they got to do. Maybe we can ask him if he uh, wrote a letter to the SEC officiating office yet. Well, I'm going to tell him I definitely did not. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, a letter I haven't had time. Yeah, no, um, I, I wasn't interested. <laughs> but when, when's, when's the last time you wrote an actual letter and, like, mailed it? I don't know. I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have. I'm trying to think. An actual letter to like ever in your whole life, you haven't wrote a thank you note or something. I yeah, I have, but I don't know if I've actually had to mail. I feel like I've been able to write and just give it to them. I don't know anybody far enough to. I I need to do that. <laughs> but um, I do want to tell you guys. I'll I'll be with the Tennessee rival site and kind of doing a, a version of a preview a preview show a preview show on Wednesday. So I'll put that on the board. So you know, kind of like a fill-in replacement for, for our usual Thursday one. Yeah, we'll be we'll be all over uh, leading up to this game. It's going to be a big weekend on campus, Memphis basketball Friday night, uh, Tennessee football Saturday afternoon, playoff rankings tomorrow night. So very, very busy time of year. Uh, Got to get a quick shot in. Atheos says he bets you can't write cursive. I can. I can, actually. <laughs> I can write cursive. Now, the way I write it, it's not – all scribbly, but I know how I know what each letter is supposed to look like. It maybe look too cool. Like I'm trying too hard, but I do know how to write cursive. I feel like I was the last year where they was where they was doing it. So <laughs> gotcha. 
There you go, guys. Generation gap has been closed. Gerard <laughs> can write cursive. We're going to have him write letters by next week and, and oh. uh, send him via Pony Express to the SEC oh. officiating office. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, appreciate all the questions, all the comments, all that. Uh, once again, want to remind you, like, subscribe, uh, do all those things. We've added a lot of people, had a lot of interaction here on this channel. Um, also want to remind you to get in touch with James Carlton and James Carlton State Farm Insurance. That's carltoninsurance.net on the web. It is 314-961-4800 by phone. During business hours, you're going to talk to a real live person. You're not going to get a machine or a recording. Call James, talk about your insurance needs, get a quote from him. He's going to talk to you about some options with Mizzou NIL in addition. So thanks to James Carlton. Thanks to all you guys for hanging out. Basketball tips off in about two and a half hours. Have the podcast up and talk to you next time.